Identify yourself with the audience. As soon as possible, preferably in the first words you utter, indicate some direct relationship with the group you are addressing. If you are honored by being asked to speak, say so. When Harold Macmillan spoke to the graduating class at DePaul University in Greencastle in Indiana, he opened up the lines of communication in his first sentence. I am very grateful for your kind words of welcome, he said. For a Prime Minister of Great Britain to be invited to your great university is an unusual occasion, but I feel that my present office was not the only, nor, indeed, perhaps the main reason for your invitation. Then he mentioned that his mother was an American, born in Indiana, and that her father had been one of DePaul's first graduates. I can assure you that I am proud to be associated with DePaul University said, and to renew an old family tradition. You may be sure that Macmillan's reference to an American school and to the American way of life which his mother and her pioneer father knew made friends for him at once. Another way to open the lines of communication is to use the names of people in the audience. I once sat next to the main speaker at a banquet and I was amazed at his curiosity concerning various people in the hall. All through the meal, he kept asking the master of ceremonies who the person in the blue suit at one table was, or what was the name of the lady in the flowered hat. When he arose to speak, it became evident at once why he was curious. He very cleverly wove some of the names he had learned into his talk, and I could see the evident pleasure on the faces of the persons whose names were used and I sensed the warm friendliness of the audience that this simple technique won for the speaker. Notice how Frank Pace Jr., speaking as the president of the General Dynamics Corporation, worked in a few names to advantage. He was speaking at an annual dinner of religion in American Life Incorporated in New York. This has been a delightful and meaningful evening for me in many ways, he said. First, I have my own minister the Reverend Robert Appleyard, here in the audience. By his words, deeds, and leadership, he has been an inspiration to me personally, to my family, and to our entire congregation. Secondly, to sit between Louis Strauss and Bob Stevens, men whose interest in religion has been amplified by their interest in public service, is again a source of great personal pleasure. One word of caution. If you are going to work strange names into your talk, having learned them through inquiries made for the occasion, be sure you have them exactly right. Be sure you understand fully the reason for your use of the names. Be sure you mention them only in a favorable way and use them in moderation. Another method of keeping the audience at peak attentiveness is to use the pronoun you rather than the third person they. In this way, you keep the audience in a state of self-awareness, which I have pointed out earlier cannot be overlooked by the speaker if he is to hold interest in attention of his listeners. Here are some experts from a talk on sulfuric acid by one of our students in a New York City class. Sulfuric acid touches you in your life in a score of ways. If it were not for sulfuric acid, your car would stop, for it is used extensively in the refining of kerosene and gasoline. The electric lights that illuminate your office and your home would not be possible without it. When you turn on the water for your bath, 
you use a nickel-plated faucet, which requires sulfuric acid in its manufacture. The soap you use has possibly been made from greases or oils that have been treated with the acid. The bristles in your hairbrush in your celluloid comb could not have been produced without it. Your razor, no doubt, has been pickled in it after annealing. You come down to breakfast, the cup and saucer, if they are other than plain white, could not have come into being without it. Your spoon, knife, and fork have seen a bath of sulfuric acid if they are silver-plated. And so on, through the whole day, sulfuric acid affects you at every turn. Go where you will, you cannot escape its influence. By skillfully using you and inserting his listeners into the picture, this speaker was able to keep attention alive and glowing. There are times, however, when the pronoun you is dangerous, when it may establish a cleavage between speaker and audience rather than a bridge. This occurs when it might seem as though we were talking down to our audience or lecturing it. Then it is better to say we instead of you. Dr. W. W. Bauer Director of Health Education of the American Medical Association often used this technique in his radio and television talks. We all want to know how to choose a good doctor, don't we? He said in one of his talks. And if we are going to get the best service from our doctor, don't we all want to know how to be good patients?